Hey everyone, the episode you are about to hear was recorded before the nationwide protests, and my guests and I do delve into topics of race and ethnicity. With the events happening in our country and the movement for change, we didn't want to seem insensitive to the climate, but felt our discussion was still important and we want you to hear it, especially since our guest was so open and wonderful about so many things. Thank you so much for listening and stay healthy and stay safe. Hey guys, Anna Victoria here, and I'm so excited for you to join me on my podcast, Your Best Life. I'm the CEO and founder of the FitBody app, a fitness influencer, and a personal trainer. Every week, I'm going to have a special guest that will share their unique experience and unique story to share how they learned how to live their best life, even if they're still working on it, since we are all a work in progress. I can't wait to help you learn how to create your best life. I am so excited for today's episode. Anna and Luca here. Ciao. <laughs> today's guest is Dasha Yulaine Polanco, who is an American actress, artist, and podcast host who's appeared in multiple films and series, but she's most known for portraying the role of Dianara Daya Diaz on the Netflix series Orange is the New Black. She also hosts a podcast for Netflix called Contoro Brown Love, where she talks to Latinx creators in Hollywood who are making space for Latinx communities to see themselves. I'm so excited about yeah, this I one. I'm gonna fan. I'm gonna fangirl a little bit because we watched Orange Is the New Black together. Yeah, totally. What I love about her is that she uses her voice to talk about body positivity, about inclusivity, um, and just you know, she you know has several things that she's passionate about. She speaks on him, and I can't wait to talk to her and hear more what she thinks. So here is my conversation with Dasha Polanco. I just first have to say, get out of the way. I'm totally fangirling. And I watched every season of Orange is a New Black, and I just am like pinching myself right now. Just got to get that out there. Oh my God. So I'm very excited to chat. So, do you want to start by letting everyone know a bit about who you are and what you're about? Well, um, my name is Dasha Polanco. I am an actress. I like to call myself artist um, because I am multifaceted when it comes to the artistry. You know, I'm currently songwriting and I do dance, you know, a little step here and there. And um, what can I tell you? I'm from New York. I, I was born in Dominican Republic. I'm an immigrant. And that's pretty much it. I want to hear about kind of how you got started in your career. Did you always want to be an actress? Is, is that something that you felt like came like easy to you? Or, or how, what was that journey like? Um, I definitely knew from very young that I, I was a performer. You know, I just had a, a, a large imagination wild and and fun and I used it and I wasn't really a shy little girl. Uh, I was always involved in like school performances and you know really minimal. It's not like I went to like a specialized school in the arts or anything like that but for the most part I was always involved in like the after school programs that that incorporated either you know the acting, the singing, and the dancing and that's pretty much how I spent my childhood. Um, and knowing that it was something that I loved, but not knowing that it was something that I was able to pursue, right? Because um, one thing that for me, my experience was not being able to see myself for when you're little and you're innocent, right? Which I think is the best time of your life as a child because there's no bias, there's no experience yet. So for you, it's like everything is possible, 
You know, like what? You can't fly? Of course I can fly. You know, you jump off your bed and you're like still trying to like prove the point that you can defy gravity. (laughs) Then it comes to a point where I think uh, when you become a teen and you're going through puberty and, and that's when you start realizing, well, nobody looks like me. And why is there nobody out there that looks like me? And why aren't yeah. why are these stories so different to mine? You know, that's not my experience in school or growing up or that's not the kind of lunch I take to school. I definitely did not know that it was something that I was able to pursue. And then, you know, life happens and choices you make. And those are the things that kind of like swayed you out of, you know, having this like beautiful dream which I remember very vividly me praying because I was raised Catholic and I would pray every night. And I would always say, I want to be an actress so bad. I want to sing. I want to dance so bad. Please, please, please. I'm asking you. This is what I want to do. You know that. And I remember that. So it's just funny that I got the opportunity and the blessing to be able to have this as a career, you know? Yeah, absolutely. You started initially actually working in a hospital, right? Yes, yes. Well, I went to school. I went to college, you know, culturally in my family. And I think it for the most part in a, in a lot of families, Latinx and so forth, the idea of coming to the States mm-hmm. is to get a degree, get your education and, you know, get a secure job so that then you can start your your life the right way. Um, and one of the things that was instilled in me was always, you know, you can leave here tomorrow, but nobody can take your education away. Right. That degree is what. And now that I look at it, I'm like, well, is that just something that we use as validation for your parents that they did what they were supposed to do right. more than what you really want to do? Right. Right. I had become a teen uh, parent, mm-hmm. a single teen parent at that. And then I decided that I was still going to pursue my degree in school and go to college. And that's what I did. And while I was in college, I still had to take on a lot of responsibilities, like take care of my family. I had a, I had a sick parent. And so the dreaming aspect of things and what I really wanted to do was kind of like really far away and not obtainable. And so that's what led me to doing what I kind of fell into, which is I like the medical field. I like the body. I like, you know, the operating room. And I ended up pursuing that and getting my degree in psychology and being able to do that. But again, you know, one thing is for you to have a job. One thing is for you to enjoy it. Right. Um, and I did enjoy it. I was really good at it. When it came to that specific part of my life, I always felt like there was something suppressed or something missing. Um, yes, I was helping people. Yes, I, I saw, you know, life um, and how precious, precious and how it, I think it's important. It was important for me to be able to um, experience that because it allows me to be a better performer, a better artist be more um, in tune with energies and and people and humanity and understand the body and how much and insignificant it can be. Um, You know, for the things that we set out here socially and we socially construct, I feel like there's so much more to that. You know, all that really is just very superficial. Mm -hmm. But when you start understanding how we're all so composed of the same matter, then you start thinking, oh, okay, you can be more open and more vulnerable and more... um, just express yourself differently and respect um, the world differently. So even though it was very rewarding and I would probably have, if I had the ability to, to keep that part of my life going, I would probably have like a little part-time in it, yeah. you know, cause I was just so good at it, but I serve a better purpose. My purpose is, is here 
and being able to understand that you just have to be fearless to be able to take risk and not feel like you fail at what you risk is is a failure. It's more of crossing out the true purpose and finding your intention is what's what matters. And so, you know, for me, it worked. You know, I I'm here and I'm actually I love what I do. And that feeling is so it's so indescribable, but it's also it has a lot of of learning um, along the way as as everything. But when you love it, there's there's more that you you pay attention to, you know. Right. So how did you get that courage to go after your dream and kind of, you know, be okay with taking that risk? People always ask me, like, how did you get into it? And I got into it because I had the support of my fiance at the time to kind of like say, yeah, push me to it and and tell me, go ahead. But also, I always have this idea that time for me, you know, I lost my mom when she was very at a very young age. I mean, she was 46. Mm -hmm. She was turned. She just had turned 46. So she was basically 45. And for me, I was like, that's short lived. And I always have this sense of like anxiety to like get things done before I die. Not that I'm thinking, you know, and, and that's that's some truth. That's some real talk right there. Like that's going deep. It's not to live in the sense of like, oh, my God, I'll die tomorrow. But yeah. <laughs> kind of it's, it has an urgency. It, it kind of gives me this drive and this urgency that tomorrow is so not guaranteed um, because of what I experienced with my mom. Right. Yeah. Right. Because I lost her so suddenly it was like i have to do this now i don't want to leave earth without doing something that i really want to do and i kind of apply that to everything you know um as a woman i myself always thought in my life that i am limitless right and that i could do whatever i want to do and i always at a very young age i was like nobody tells me no you know like a no yeah. for me doesn't exist right and then you start getting those no's and you're like damn okay so how am I going to push through this? And I actually felt like if I don't do this now, I'm going to look back and always feel like crap saying, damn, what would it have been? What would if what if could have whatever? Mm -hmm. And so I apply that to everything. I say, you know what? We already set in our ways in an industry that that is so powerful, right? You can ruffle feathers. And sometimes you fear that because you don't want to lose or destruct a system that's that's so set. And then there's something that's in you and says, you better ruffle them feathers. Yeah. There's times where you have to take the bull by its horn and say, look, I don't care if you guys feel like because I look this way, because I'm this old, I can't portray this. Either I'm going to get it done on my own, but the door is open and I and the opportunity was given to me. I'm not going to let it just close. Right. So those are the things that keep me going every day. Whether it's time, whether it's I don't know if I'm if tomorrow I'm here, but also like I'm worth taking the risk for myself because I love myself enough to say it's okay. You're worth the investment. You're worth the time. Amen. Absolutely. Having the opportunity to enter the industry as an actress, there's like this image that you have to like care for and you have to be very careful. Um, it's very gender bias where it's like, you know, men get away with right. certain things. And I, and I hate to say that, yeah. but it is true. There's certain individuals that get away with it. And that's the truth of it. There's a racial bias. There's so many bias out there that you're like, you know, I can't hate. I cannot sit here and just continue to ignore the idea. But it's definitely something that at times I'm like, it's frustrating because 
I can't let too much be known mm. out there. You know, I could if I wanted to, but you have to kind of have that, that boundaries and boundaries are healthy yeah. where the, I have social media, I can let people in, but I also control how far I want people to, to like enter my private life and get to know me and save things for later on. And, right. you know, and, and, and I want to be unapologetic, but at times now it's like people want the real truth. Mm -hmm. People want to see you in your most rawness, but, but only as much as they can take. Right. When you have something that's so precious to you, that is not easily accessible to you. You feel like, damn, this was like luck, a blessing from God. I don't know how this happened. You know, do I deserve this? You know, these are all the things along the way that cross your mind. Like, oh, my God, tomorrow is this just the only job that I'm going to get? You know, and then you're like, no, I'm confident, you know, and it's a constant battle. Yeah. Then you start really being careful and thinking like, damn, I can't fuck up. Right. right. I can't even have my personal issues. I can't even like make a wrong choice because the moment I do, people are going to turn on me. You know yeah. what I mean? And then that's your dream. That's what you love. This is like your precious little moment. Right. This is this is something that I really love and I don't want to hurt it in any way. But I also not I'm not perfect and I'm growing along the way and, and the way that my life changed it was very sudden. I actually read that you kept your job at the hospital for a bit in the beginning because you weren't sure yeah. kind of like where things would go. Is what what was that like? Well, I have the hustling mentality. I'm not a gullible person for somebody to tell me you're gonna be able to like mm -hmm. live off this show or you're going to be able to just to focus as an actress because I haven't seen it so often. It's not something that's common. It's not right. something that is believed. So for me, I was like, no, I'm going to keep my job. I have, I have my kids, yeah. I have my families. I have my siblings. <laughs> I am not going to sit here. And especially if you're not making, like I was making more in the hospital. You know, people have this oh, idea like, wow. oh, you made it. You made it. No, I was not. You know, it was just the opening wow. door. It's that, it's that job that opens the door. But it's not that job that financially puts you where you need to be. Right. Especially for the magnitude of attention that that show got. There's a saying in Spanish that says, es el mal sal que el chivo. Meaning, it's more the, the, the salt than the goat. It doesn't make no sense in English, but I'll tell you what it means. <laughs> Meaning, yeah. like, yeah, I'm this, like, people know me. Like, I, it's my first time in Paris ever because, you know, I, yeah. I didn't travel. I just got my, right. my, my citizenship or whatever. And I go to Paris and I'm like, somebody recognized me. And I'm like, what the hell? So it's like, here I am. Like I'm taking, my sister took me to Paris. It's my first experience there. And it's my experience as somebody that have no idea across the world recognizing me and knowing me. So it was more of like, okay, yeah, I am. I get it, people. I am part of this show. Yes, this is what it is. But I don't have the financial availability to actually be safe which was a concern for me, right? To, to not go out there and continue to have my job. I have to continue to have my job. I can't move to like a high rise in New York. I can't buy a house. I want you to keep going, but I just want to say, I love that you're having this conversation because especially whether it's media or social media, whatever, people, they want to present themselves as, as being as ballin', you know, like all over the place. And that's just really not the reality a lot of the times. And they're just living a life that they're fronting, you know? And like, for example, I'm literally in an Airbnb right now because I'm we moved from LA to Austin, Texas to buy a house because it's way more affordable here. I can't buy a house in LA. Like it's like two, $3 million minimum 
I talked about this a bit on my YouTube. We talked about like taxes and like down payments and all this stuff. And people were like, thank you for talking about this. No one wants to be real and talk about like what Yo, it is at to, all. to adult, <laughs> you know? Listen, you're talking about stuff that I want to talk about so bad because, you know, oh, why she, her stylist. For me, it was very hard at the beginning because people were like criticizing what I was wearing. And what I really wanted to say was like, Yo, like, for real, like, I don't give a fuck. Like, I could go, I still, I, w- I go to 181st in Washington Heights and go to the $5 store, sand, the $5 store for shoes. They have, like, a store they had, not anymore. But I get a $5 sandal, $7 sandal, $10 sandal, and I'm rocking my sandal with my jeans, with my with my whatever <laughs> jeans and my tee, and I'm looking cute, and I feel comfortable. You know right. what I mean? So yeah. at the time, I can't sit here and buy an $800, which, I, you know, I love fashion. I love high fashion, honey. Who doesn't, right? I mean, there's people that don't, that they don't have it. They don't understand it, but I do. And so I was like, I can't sit here when I have to pay rent, when I still have to pay my school loans, when I still have to pay debt that I have acquired, wrong choices, whatever it is, people don't understand that. So for me, even though I was like known and famous and whatever, you get all the pressure from everybody. Well, why she's wearing that? Well, why can't she hire this? I mean, I come from a place, right? Just to talk about finances where you don't, you're not a trust fund baby. You don't come from a generation of people that have, you know, that know the credit and know how to financially do things and like, oh, you have a house and blah, 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 blah. No, that's not where I come from. You know, I come from a household where we were on public assistance. You have to go apply for food stamps. You have to have this job. You have to make this minimal because you're set to just make this minimum and this maximum. There's no growth. You know what I mean? And this is I come from that. I come from like getting wick, you know, being on Medicaid, all that stuff. So for me. It was very difficult to transition having a job in the hospital where I finally broke from that and I'm making my money and I'm taking the time to invest in myself to do what I want to do. And then I fall into doing what I want to do. And I can't really like back myself up financially because I'm not making that. You know, this show, it is what it is. It was the opportunity that allowed me to come in that gave me my platform that people most know me for. Um, Appreciative, yes, but financially didn't put me where I needed to be. For me to feel safe, for me to be able to like, portray like there's people out here that they pop off very early and they could do that right because they they don't have to financially like they get the opportunity where they're like hey I signed the contract that they're giving me half a mil that wasn't the case for me so for me it was still having to get on the train still having to go work and still having to make sure that I have I can pay my rent get food and also be able to go and and acquire these new expenses you got to pay for hair you know, you go to the salon, you go to the Dominican salon where I go, and I get my my roll, I get my washing set, my rollers, el rollo, I get my blow dry, whatever it is, <laughs> for 40 bucks. You know what I mean? I go to my aunt's salon, I pay for my dye, $50. You know, so it's like very different. Now you got, now you have to get your hair done by these like artists, all respect that they're charging you $500 to get your hair done. You know what I mean? And yeah. then, Makeup, 500, not to discredit them. Yes, it's, but that was a new world for me. In other words, I really wanted to enjoy more what was going on for me. And there were so many things pulling me away from enjoying that true moment of actually being able and blessed enough to do what I love to do. And what I felt since I was little was my purpose by all these things. And people need to understand that. Like, I know a lot of people online that they're colleagues of mine. That they're cheap as hell. I'm like, yo, you front on on social media. <laughs> like, you got it. You're in front of a car. You're in front of this. Meanwhile, I'm over here still like, I'm going to take my Uber. I'm going to take my, my regular gypsy cab. I'm going to take my, 
train (laughs) and it is what it is, you know? So people have to understand that it's all a process. Financially, you educate yourself. Financially, you realize, yo, the next opportunity, you know what you deserve, what you're going to ask for, where you need to be. And you start accepting that. Let me tell you something. People don't understand that when you're not born into this, there's a huge process of mental health transitioning that I that I like to speak about because it's a new life. You know, whether it's like the way you behave, you start being more aware of how the things you say. It takes a while to register. Sometimes I walk and I'm like, why are this person looking at me? Like, why are you staring at me? Back in the day, I'd be like, yo, why are you staring at me? Like, what, what's the problem? You know, that's it. <laughs> That's right. what you're like, yo, why are you looking at me? What happened? You have a problem? Like, you know, in New York, that's what it is. It's like, what? Right. What happened? But now you're like, <laughs> oh, wait, wait, wait. They probably know me or something. Or like, do mm-hmm. I have something on my face or something? Everything is like new. Yeah. No, I actually, it's so funny. I have had similar experiences where like, you know, we, we just moved to a new city and I'm thinking like, oh, like, and not, not to say that I would ever intentionally be rude. I would never. But like, I've always, I've been, been taught to stand up for myself. And like, if something goes wrong, say something or step in. If something's going wrong, stand up for someone else, you know, but unfortunately I've had to think like, oh, I, I need to kind of keep it quiet a bit to not like, like you said, almost ruffle feathers or have someone be like, oh, but that's Anna Victoria and she's doing this and this is going on. So yeah, it's kind of, it's, it sucks. Cause it's, it, it almost kind of splits like who we are, like in our heart and our soul, what we've been been raised to do, but also kind of balancing that image side of things. I am a woman. I was a, a little, I was a baby, a little girl, a teenager, a young woman, and a woman now that has been dealing with accepting myself, my identity, um, pursuing what I want to do, and having a lot of adversities at the same time and still pushing through. And now I have a platform where people are looking on to me. So the pressure you know, it rises. And there's not one moment that I don't take that I tell myself, become aware of what you're feeling and speak about it with whom you most trust because they can misconstrue, you know. In the past, I've made wrong choices and the wrong choices I've learned so much from, but I haven't had the support that I would have liked to have back then, more so like shunning and like the judgment. And so I realized You have to really set a foundation for yourself and you have to be fearless and you have to kind of just be as honest as you can be. And sometimes you're going to like offend people and sometimes you're going to offend yourself. It takes me a lot. Like the more and more I do these interviews, the more and more I discover that I become more fluent and more brave in saying my experience and kind of detaching myself and saying that wasn't my experience. It wasn't all fun. I was worrying every day, like every day was a worry. Right. You know, I would call those that are in my team that were at the team at the moment and are still on my team now. I'm like, yo, I can't believe that I invested so much energy in that, but I did not know anything because, you know, I'm a, I'm a pawn. I'm just another piece of the puzzle. And that's the truth of this. You know, this industry, there's a lot of catching up to do. There's a lot of things that you have to be part of that you're not necessarily agree with. Eventually, you'll set yourself up to say, I have a choice. But like, as in everything, there's levels to the shit. There's levels. Yeah. And that's the truth of it. And now I'm in a place where my talent, I'm more aware of um, in a sense of like my worth. I know what I'm worth. Yeah. I know what I could bring to the table. I no longer am going to like tolerate things that 
um, are going to put me in a place where I'm uncomfortable and I am not afraid to lose a project to get something that's that's going to add more to me versus what I bring to them. So everything happens for a reason. I'm in a place that even through this, I hear you, you know, I feel it's very brave for people to lift up and move. You know, I myself, I, I'm like, yo, do I want to be a homeowner? Or do I just want to travel the world? <laughs> right? Like, yeah. where do I want to be as an actress? Like, do I want to, like, of course I want to have, like, I want to build an empire, you know, and I want to be this entrepreneur yeah. where I have a house here and I have a house there. But do I really? Or do I just want to experience it? Do I want to have that human connection? And do I just want to have, like, an apartment in New York and stay in my beautiful right. New York City and enjoy what I love? And that's things that we have to choose along the way and that we could choose now. And then later on, decide otherwise. Right. Absolutely. For us to like, we do move around a lot. Like my husband's from Italy. Um, and so I lived there with him for a bit. We were in China for a bit now here. And I have to say, I grew up in a small town. I never, ever thought I would step foot outside. I, I don't say the United States. My mom lived in Mexico for 10 years. I grew up going to visit her in the summer. But um, yeah, you know, and, and hey, we're here for now. This is what works for us and our family. Um, I'm currently pregnant. You know, we're about to have our first. And so, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see where it takes us. Pregnancy, right? For me, I had young pregnancies and I had them at a time in my life where I wasn't financially secure, but not necessarily. People make pregnancy and having kids such like a negative things first. If you notice, everything is like, oh, you have to do it this time. Oh my God, that's crazy. No, no, no. And I'm like, we are individuals. We are human beings that can procreate. Yeah. You know how beautiful it is to like be able to keep our species growing. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I, it was hard. And yes, it was horrible. And at that time, I was like, I don't ever want to have kids again. And now when I'm in a place in my life where I'm like, I want to have a kid. Oh. I want to have a baby. <laughs> it's such a beautiful yeah. thing. It's so beautiful, you know. And then I'm like, oh, well, wait, 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 because I already did it. You know, my yeah. people I know at my age right now, they're starting over. I'm already kind of done. My daughter's in college. Wait a minute. Your daughter's in college? My daughter's in college. Wow. So we're pretty much like we grew up like sisters kind of. Um, yeah. And my son, he just went into junior high school. If you have a boy, I'm going to tell you, they have a stage where I'm like, you're such a boy, like drawing oh pieces. Oh, my gosh. You know, like, right, right. I've heard I'm having a girl, but I'm one of seven and I have three brothers. So I grew up around all that. I get it. <laughs> yeah. So you have a little girl. You have a beautiful girl. It's a great experience. So I'm thinking to myself when it comes to like being in the industry and being pregnant, like I feel like right now there's a surge of like people wanting to be pregnant and, and being and being able to say, I'm going to have a kid. And I can yeah. multitask. And I'm like, go ahead. I'm all for it. You yeah. know, I'm like, of course. Why not? But as far as like me, myself, I want to have a kid. <laughs> but then I'm like, mm, maybe I'll just get somebody to carry. <laughs> Amen to that. But honestly, like I've looked at, you know, I'm from a small town where like pretty much you got out of high school, you have kids. Like that was kind of, you know, there wasn't much else to do. And that's fine. And and I have several girlfriends that I grew up with that have four kids by now at my age and they're grown and they're done. And, you know, they have a, they have a certain position on it that are like, like you said, Hey, I'm done. You know, like now you can kind of, your kids are growing up, you know, one's in college, you know, you have, I don't want to say the time to do whatever you want, you know, but like you get to sleep, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, and there's, and a lot of them have said like, I had so much energy to raise them. Whereas like later on now I'm like, Oh, getting tired of going up the stairs. I'm even, I'm a personal trainer. I'm fitness, you know? And yeah, I mean, there's, there's, I don't want to call them pros and cons to both sides. It's just different. 
you know, it's just a different experience. I think both are beautiful. Have you been training being pregnant? Yeah, I so I have, but I have to say I am so lucky to be able to. Like I know that a lot of pregnant women can't because of, you know, various conditions with their pregnancy. My best friend had placenta previa. She had a very traumatic birth at 32 weeks. She had to be like bedridden. And so like I know that like it's not just a given. I don't want to be like, oh yeah, I'm working out, I'm pregnant, it's great. I, I feel very fortunate to physically be able to. Um, I would say the the quarantine kind of threw a little bit of a wrench in like my plans for working out pregnant. I'm I'm making do with with what I can. Um, so yeah. Wow. I was very active during my pregnancies, both of them, oh, actually. Amazing. You know, active in the sense of like I was still going to school. I was walking around. It's not like I was like, you know, like yeah. running. I've never been like right. a runner. Okay. I've been more of like a sports girl. Like I could play sports and I could lift yeah. weights. Like that's my thing. Um, and I could definitely do cardio, but not running long. Like I'm not one to say, I'm no. gonna go for a run. Same. No, same. Yeah, no. I like weights. You know what I mean? So I'm like, all yeah. right, you can mess up your knees. I'm okay. Right. I have a lot to carry <laughs> right. back here. Okay. Right. So let's talk about your fitness journey because you do yeah. share about working out. And this is another thing I want to get into is your your voice for body positivity, not only just in as as a human, but in the in the industry, you know, in the in Hollywood and everything. Um, so, but let's just start with you. Like what, what is your experience? Like what's your, your connection to fitness? Why do you work out? Well, I've always been active again since I was little. Um, and I come from a family where I was the most thickest, little plumpest, the fattest, you know, these were the terms used by family members. Those were the nice terms, but usually it's like la gordita, the gorda, <laughs> right. the fat one. Right. Um, so there's there was always like an image thing with me, especially growing up and going through puberty and like, you know, and like, you know, I didn't have big boobs and you know, I was just like this fat little girl. So I've always had that. And then being active in, 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 in sports is what really made me fall in love with always staying active. Right. Yeah. Because I'm like, yo, I love a jump rope. I love riding bike, hopscotch, double dutching. <laughs> like I've always that was me. But the point is that after I had my daughter, and I had my daughter as a preemie, seven months, 28 oh. weeks. She was a 1,000 ah. grams, barely oh even gosh. two pounds. She was in the hospital for two months. Um, oh, my goodness. And it was like, you know, I was kind of breastfeeding her, but it was hard. So I had to, like, take the milk to the hospital, whatever. So the point yeah. is that all those life experiences or moments or, you know, pebbles along the way, they kind of, for me, emotionally, I eat, eat, eat. And I, yeah. I don't, I don't want to be, I didn't want to be fat and unhealthy. You know, one yeah. thing is for you to know your body's potential and to be like, you know, I'm happy like this and I feel good and I could jump and all this stuff. Fine. I'm all for that. When I see somebody that's like bigger, thicker, and they're like rocking their little, you know, shirts and their bathing suits and their bikinis, I admire that. I didn't have that. I'm learning to have that now. So one thing is, if you feel most happy in your skin, then hey. Two, if it affects your health, then do something about it. If you yeah. don't like something, change it. And that's how kind of like I feel. People are like, oh, don't lose weight. I'm like, it's not a, necessarily me losing weight. It's me feeling strong. Right. I want to feel strong. I have a thing that I see my body looking fit, looking cut up. You know, I want to see my, my hamstrings. I want to see those <laughs> quads. I want to see the, you know, the tries. I, I like how that looks. 
Yeah. And I like to see my abs and I like how that looks on Which, me. by the way, you have them. You look amazing, by the way. The videos you've been Thank posting you. and your TikToks and dancing, I'm like, damn, she looks good. <laughs> so Thank you're, you're putting you. and in you work, know, I can tell. You, you know, what's funny that I don't see that. You know, it's yeah. something that we, we have to realize. It's something that we constantly have to look in the mirror and we, ha- we need the support of our peers to tell us it's okay. I, I understand you. I ordered a jumpsuit because I'm a jumpsuit girl and I ordered a jumpsuit and I ordered it. And I thought, oh, this is going to fit me like a size 12 or whatever. It doesn't fit, you know? And I'm like, it's super big. And I was like, oh, it kind of hit me where I'm like, it's kind of weird that I have to accept that I'm actually a smaller size. You know yeah. what I mean? It's kind of like, I'm like, I'm, I'm not going to celebrate because I don't believe it. It's uh, probably just the clothes. It's probably yeah, the yeah. cut of it. So oh. I'm going to order a smaller size, but it's just because that's, that's just how they run. Everything is how they run, right? Right. Yeah. So now for quarantine, one of the challenges that that all my life, though, Anna, my problem mm-hmm. was consistency. Yeah. You know, I would go, I would work. And then in this interest, you go to a party, you go to this and you're like, oh, I just don't want to go. I don't want to work out. And now I, I kind of flipped it and that's and, and reversed it by saying what you need to work on the next couple of years is not what you're doing is your consistency at whatever yeah. you do. So if right. you're going to sit here and you're going to start working out twice a week, then keep on working out twice a week, every week, and just stick to that and set that goal yeah. versus I'm going to work out and I'm going to lose this amount of weight and I'm going to do this. No, work at reverse it. What is right. affecting you not doing that? Your eating mm-hmm. and your consistency and your workout is your consistency. Yeah. So try to like do it gradually and as much as it fits your schedule and as much as you can accomplish the goal. So that's what I've been doing. And honestly, I've been working out more in quarantine than I've like as far as consistency goes, I've been working out pretty much like five times a week. I would say I take maybe two days off. But what I do is that I've become more active. Ever since this happened, I got myself my bike. So I go bike riding. I got rollerblades. I done bust my ass rollerblading. Okay. <laughs> but I'm going to be able to stay active and kind of work out every day, even though I'm still having issues with food. It's hard yeah. for me with the food. So... Okay, same. I grew up eating junk food and I love it. Like literally my, like, so my, yeah. And anything fake, you know, anything fake food. It's what I'm all about. My husband being born and raised in Italy, he ate completely differently. And when I have him try things, he's like, oh, that that's not food. And I'm like, I know. Like, it's so good. Like, it's not real food. Okay. My, what, the only thing that works for me is just not bringing it in the house. Like, that's the only way, you know. Can I tell you something? Yeah. That's exactly yeah. what I've had to do. And I, and, I, and I have another trick. So if I have, like, things that I, I know that they're bad, I put them underneath. Where I'm staying at here in Atlanta, I, I was, I have, I'm renting an apartment in Atlanta until I go back home. And they have, like, a cabinet that's really low. So that's what I do. Uh, I put oh, everything that's, that's bad out of I sight underneath. But still. Sometimes I will squat to just get them down. Yeah. Let me tell you something. I will do a squat yeah. and a split to get a bag of chips. I don't. I love chips. I love yeah. chips. Yeah. Um. So I want to actually read a post that you did because you're, yeah. you're. You mentioned how, like, you know, I told you how good you look, and you're like, like I, you know, sometimes you don't believe it. I would never know because this post that you said, when you look at your reflection these days, what do you sing? I feel strength and optimistic. I have to keep going. Stopping is not an option for me. I have to stay creative and mentally sane. I have to look in the mirror and be comfortable with who I am and love me just like that. Like I read that and I got so much inspiration from you and just like such a boost of like, 
Yeah. Like, cause like, of course, every woman feels that way. Sometimes if they look in the mirror that like what they're seeing is like not, you know, a a level of body dysmorphia, you know, on a, on a small, on various levels. I feel like when I see you, like you are incredibly confident and that you are feeling yourself. How do you feel like that is something that you like, do you ever struggle like with that? Or like, is that just something that you, you automate to? It's a battle. It's yeah. something like, you know how you have like the little the little devil and the little angel? Yeah. And it's a battle in my mind with it, where again, it's like, as a woman, you have moments in your life where you look back maybe at pictures and you're like, I used to complain then. I oh. When I look at my pictures where I used to wear my Daisy Dukes, because I would wear my Daisy <laughs> Dukes with my sneak. I was a sneaker girl and I had my Charles Barkley's on, yeah. my Daisy Dukes. And my nice little t-shirt with my long, beautiful, curly hair that I would complain about. And <laughs> now I wish I had it. I'm like, yo, take a moment that even if you feel like crap that day, it's okay. But don't stay there. Yeah. Don't allow it to sabotage your happiness. Don't allow it to sabotage your confidence. Go out there. I'm not going to let anybody out there put me down. Yeah. I could put myself down. I gave myself that permission. And that's who I'm battling with every day. But you don't have the permission in any way to put me down. Okay? okay. Because I'm my mom's daughter. You know what I mean? It's kind of yeah. like that thing. Like, you're not going to offend. No, you're not. And I wouldn't do that yeah, to yeah. other people either. That specific post, I was here in Atlanta by myself. I took that picture in the bathroom and I thought about, it's so funny because I think about all the selfies that people take in the mirror and how they're like yeah. taking it. And I'm like, damn, I wish <laughs> I could like really do that. You know, and like uh-huh. actually take a picture like that in my body be so freaking perfect. And literally, Girl, but you did it. <laughs> I did it, right? But you did honestly, it. Honestly, yeah. that picture I had taken before quarantine. So it was like while I was in a hotel room by myself, not for anybody, but for myself. And yeah. I thought, yo, I'm going to show this. Let me just put yeah. it out there and let me <laughs> let people know that this is a process for me. We know, we know that there's women out there that they get work done. And of course, like we all like, yo, I'm going to get work done too, honey, or I'm going to do this or whatever. <laughs> I can't. That's fine. Yeah. I'm all for whatever. I go for whatever makes you happy. You do. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, your body, you you leave here, your body's gone, whatever. So that picture right there, when I, you should see that I, I, I told Kanessa, I told, I told like my team, I was like, should I post this? What do you guys think? Is this too much? Is it too much? Because, and they're like, you know, I think it's a beautiful picture, you know? And I'm mm-hmm. like, all right, fine. So I'm just going to be as honest as I can be. And I'm going to be vulnerable to tell people that what I see when I look at a mirror and what I try to focus on is my personality and my inner self. As much as I might have issues with my physical, it's only the vessel. Yeah. So if, if you can really focus on what you emit from mm-hmm. your inner core, there's something about it that that everything else just dims down. So yeah. I always want to tell women we all have our, our unique enchantment and that enchantment, no one can take and replicate away. Mm-hmm. Okay. So focus on that. Use that strength. I feel like for everything that I've been through, not comparing myself to anybody else because the struggle is to the eye of the beholder. I feel like I got to pat myself in the back and give myself credit and realize that Yo, you're strong, yo. And you ha- you look at where you're at today and you're blessed to to be able to like connect with women, to like speak to like share your message and your experiences and and connect. What's more powerful than having that connection and that relativity, right? right? 
So everything else, fuck it. There's moments where I'm like, fuck it. Look in the mirror and like shake it. <laughs> There's times that I'm like backing it up in the bathroom right before I take a shower. I'm like, yeah, you're gonna get there. You're gonna get there. Trust me. Trust me. Oh I'm gosh. like, I'm like squatting. I'm like, look at that, you know, those two big old teardrops you have as a booty. It's okay. Oh my People gosh. pay for that. I think that self-hyping is so important though. Like I always say which might be a bit more cliche, but like being your own biggest cheerleader, you know, like being in your corner because there's so much of society that is telling us what we shouldn't be, you know, or that you should be this, that you might not identify with, or, you know, on many different levels, you have to hype yourself up. Like that is whether it's faking it till you you make it or until you, you know, just unless you innately believe it. So I think that's amazing. Thank you. So um, I want to chat really quick about, your experience in the industry, kind of going back a bit with um, diversity and both of race and of body and how you feel has, if, has Hollywood made progress? What progress have we made? Um, and kind of your experience with that. I definitely think that there's, um, there's a surge of um, interest and there's definitely a void that people want to fill or that they saw that you can capitalize on and being part of a show where hmm. there was a huge um, portrayal of different sizes and genders and, you know, so forth and color and and the success of it. People definitely had to pay attention. It was one of those things like you can't ignore something so huge. And yeah. I feel like there's still a huge gap in the stories that are being told. And until we start, I've been saying this from the beginning, until we start having diversity behind the scenes um, and diversity of, of people in positions of, of decision making, then we will not be able to actually see the difference for a very long time. There's a lot of catching up to do, um, body size, gender, sexual preference, mm -hmm. how you identify are definitely things that people need to see but also need to be yeah. told by an authentic source i mean one thing is for you to tell the story from the perspective of like a white person saying a dominican story than a dominican story being told from a dominican individual and that's just what it is right we've been telling stories of others for so long and um capitalizing on them that it's time for people to actually take their their you know it's, it's the same concept of cultural appropriation and all that where there was a time where you know, it, it omitted you from getting jobs where it was not, you know, accepted, where it was looked and shunned upon. And then like, you know, this is not professional. And now it's being capitalized because of, of who's appropriating it, you know? So it's like, right. you know, we, we tend to ignore this all. Like, I, I love how people pretend to like not see it. You know, it's like, how do you not see that? <laughs> if, if I was to bring you to like my organic chem class and you would tell me that you don't understand what that means, I could get it, right? But yeah. this is very basic and fundamental like if the color is red then it's red call it for what it is and in hollywood right yeah. now you definitely see growth and you see that they pick that one token black person or they pick that one token like spanish girl they pick that one series you know or it's by turn you know but the percentages probably they move one percent i just did an interview with nadia halgren she's a director that she did the michelle obama documentary which is a great documentary and interviewing her i i, I learned that there's only less than 1% of Latinx women directors. Like what percent, what do you, what do you mean there's one and less percentage? It can't be that there's not like, come on, like people, come on. It's like, there has to be something wrong. Like there's something wrong. Right. There's something wrong. So for me, 
as an actress, seeing and being part of a show that that made it, that gave me an opportunity because I just fit what is represented, yeah. right? Because it's right. another thing that people actually believed. I was like, I was an inmate. Like I was like, is this a reality show? Is this like a? And I'm like, no, no. I'm an actress. You know, no, yeah, people would. It's more acceptable to look at me play an inmate yeah. than it would have been to play a romantic lead. It just it would have been like you romantically no. So like these things are changing, yes, but it's going to take a while and it's going to take people to actually want to invest their time to not only be first person, but to also like be able to open the door for others to come in and say, you know, I want to have a, I want to make a movie with all writers that are, you know, Latinx and that, you know, I want to have a female director and that's what I want. That's what I'm requiring. And we could call it what we could call it. We could say, well, then aren't you... Um, being racially biased when it comes to like not including. No, we're just staying true to all the authentic authenticity of the story. You know, right. it wasn't that right. before. So now it shouldn't be. Yeah. <laughs> when the majority to minority flips, it, there shouldn't be any difference in in how we um, categorize it. Right. 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 Yeah. And so you host a podcast called Brown Love, right? Yes. And mm -hmm. what do you talk about on the podcast? Well, Brown Love with Contodo Netflix is it's their podcast and they basically highlight um, the Latinx community and educate the Latinx community on even the term Latinx and all that stuff and yeah. things that we've had to develop along the way. And I was approached to be uh, to be the host and it was something that I've always wanted to do. I, I was working alongside parallel to another pot, working on another podcast and just speaking and having a platform where I could really speak and just be me you know, versus yeah. just social media, just something that is respected and it's more of a dialogue and, you know, I don't have to be trolling people and trolls, you know, blocking <laughs> them also. So um, it was important for me to to actually participate and um, I was able to, this second season, get the opportunity to be executive producer on it where I have more say in what I want to talk about and who I want to highlight and not necessarily it only be, you know, actors and the talent of Netflix, yes, we're opening up more to different talent and actually making it a show about our community and educating on and using resources also and, and having fun along the way. And I think it's a great way to just open the door to more conversation. The more we speak about it, the more we educate and the more we break right. habits that have been instilled in the industries for so long, you know, right. whatever's comfortable and breaking those comfort zones. And that's pretty much what I do. Um, you know, it's funny because I've become doing this. I've been able to like polish my interviewing skills and uh -huh. and kind of like enjoy it more. And I'm like, maybe in the future, once I'm done with like my singing and my acting and stuff like that, I can lean into having like, you know, my own talk show, you know, yeah. if those ever exist by then. Who knows? But it's fun. <laughs> right, right. I mean, it's a moment to like conversate and and just, you know. It's hard, by the way, interviewing <laughs> and, you know, all that. You are you are so great to talk to and make it really easy. But it's definitely a talent that, you know, you have to hone it's in on. It's hard. I mean, you're doing a great yeah. job. Yeah. It's, it's a lot. Of, people don't understand the work that it, that it entails to even, yeah. like, create content. Um, my last question for you, the name of the podcast is Your Best Life. And the point behind that is that there's no one best life. Everyone has a different definition of what living their best life is, regardless of what social media makes you want to think, you know, that there's very different ways and different paths, different experiences and different, um, you know, 
uh, things that we can pull from in our life. So if there's something, one thing that you could, would say has led you to living your best life, what would that be? Uh, one thing that has led me to live my best life is self-acceptance, is knowing how to set boundaries. I have to say that for me, it's kind of just being a little selfish, yeah. you know? I think that being selfish has, yes, selfish in the terms of when you're referring it to you and others. But mm -hmm. I'm a very generous individual. I, I'm overly generous. And I have to say that the moments that I put myself first have been the moments where I end up, the result of it has been so rewarding. I mean, look at me where I'm at today and what I'm able to do. So putting yourself first should be the foundation to then making all your other decisions. Yeah. Amazing. I love it. Um, can you share with us where people can find and follow you? They can follow me. Well, my name is Dasha, but my, my all across the board, whether it's Instagram, Snapchat, whether it's whatever, TikTok, I use one username and that's she is dash, which is my nickname. D-A-S-H <laughs> and is in third person because I am Dasha, right? She is Dash. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, Dasha Polanco, if you want to uh, look at my projects, you can Google me. You know what, Anna? This has been so great. I needed this talk. Oh. I'm so glad that um, Nancy and the girls allowed me to speak to you. Um, you have great energy even across this, guys. It's important for women to you. do it. I am so happy for your pregnancy. I'm so happy for your future plans. Okay, I'm rooting for you. <laughs> Thank you for taking the time. Um, you have my support. And hey, guys, I'm only speaking from a perspective of my experience. You know, you can take yeah. it how you want to take it. Um, if I offended and I didn't, I apologize. But <sighs> this is me. No, this was amazing. We covered so many amazing topics I think are so important for women to discuss and to hear about. Yes. So thank you so much. My fangirl session is over. <laughs> I adore you. Um, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Have a great rest of your day. You Stay too. safe and healthy out there. You too. Thank you. So that was my conversation with Dasha. Luca, what did you think? Uh, she has a great personality. Oh my She's gosh, really I had so much fun talking to her. And I feel like the more we went on, the more both of us were like, hey, <laughs> you know, and like, got, you know, got really into the, into various topics. Um, I loved what she brought up about the finance side of things. Right. Of finances. Like I was, can I say guys, this is not at all. Like I never expected to like go into that area, but I love how transparent she was about it. And Luca, yeah. I know this is a topic that you have a lot to say on. <laughs> I just want to say that was awesome. She, she was so transparent and so honest about it because most of people would think, oh, she's on a huge show. She made it financially she's not only a, a great actress she made financially and that wasn't the case she yeah. had to keep her her job and she had to she was still struggling struggling financially at the beginning of the show yeah i think well i think definitely it was just at the beginning of the show when she had both jobs um but you know i think that what she said about like people think like oh yeah you've made it because you're on this big show like that's not the case and it that takes so much guts to admit and to say, or just to be honest and open about? It, it totally does. And, uh, you know, there is a lot to say about the education system in, in the U.S., not only in the U.S., in Italy is the same, where we are really not teaching 
kids about finance. About Survival how, skills, <laughs> like a life. Right. How to yeah. manage your finances. You know, what's a credit card? When you should use it and when you should not use it. Uh, mortgage, you know, debt, what, what it entails. It, Taxes, it's really, yeah. Taxes, exactly. You know, so mm-hmm. there is so much that should be taught and it's really not... Uh, uh, yeah, it's just, you know, it, it's, it's not talked about. Yeah, and it's not part of the curriculum like it should be. Um, it takes, you know, a really open and honest person to be like, no, I wasn't balling after, you know, like like getting that that gig and, you know, being real about needing to make certain life decisions and not just, you know, try to look like you're living your best life on Instagram, <laughs> you know, living your best life totally. in real life and on Instagram are two very different things. <laughs> very different things, yeah. Um, so the other thing that I really was honestly surprised to hear about, but I loved um, hearing her take on it is, you know, when I look at her social media and and I know about her as a, as a person and as like her own brand, I see a very confident, beautiful woman who you know, owns her body being more curvy and it's a, an amazing spokesperson for the body positivity movement, but also taking care of her health. And, you know, like she said, like, you know, being sure that she's moving her body and absolutely and fueling it, which is just as important. Both sides are just as important. Um, but, you know, when I when I told her how great she looked, she was like almost surprised to hear it. Like, oh, thank you. Like and she she shared that she doesn't feel that way. And oh, that breaks my heart. Like that is not how it should be. Like, I wish women could look in the mirror and see what everyone else sees. But unfortunately, and I don't want to say just women, men can do this, too. You know, totally, they, we, yeah. we, we have blinders on almost of like seeing ourselves through the eyes of like, of the people who told us that we weren't enough or that we needed to look a different way. You realize uh, when you look back or in, in a way, if you kind of can extrapolate yourself from you and look at yeah. you like uh, from the, from an outsider almost, that's when you realize, mm, okay, I, I, I looked know I good. Look <laughs> uh, yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah, totally. For those of you listening, I want you, we're, we're about to wrap up. As soon as this is done, your job is to go in the mirror Look at yourself and no matter what type of day you're having, no matter if you truly feel this or not, okay, we're going to fake it till we are going to make it. If we need to, look in the mirror and tell yourself how great you look, how smart, intelligent, empowered, and in control you are because it's the truth. And sometimes we got to, you know, tell ourselves that. And what about you? Are you going to go look in the mirror? <laughs> I just turned 33, so I'm going to go in the bathroom look in the mirror and start hyping myself. <laughs> okay. All right. I'll, I'll see you in the bathroom in just a bit. <laughs> All right. Well, I hope you enjoyed this conversation um, that I had with Dasha. I can't wait to hear what you guys think and we will talk to you guys next time. Bye. And that is it for this week's episode. If you enjoyed it, I would love for you to share with a friend, spread the word and help us grow our tribe. Please rate and leave me a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. And make sure you subscribe so you don't miss out on new episodes each week. You can also follow us on Instagram and join our Facebook group, both under the same name, Your Best Life Podcast, to keep the conversation going. You can also send me an email at yourbestlifepodcast at gmail.com and you just might be featured in a future episode. Your Best Life is a Gallery Media Group original production.